on episode 109 of the Overclock Theory podcast. All the CES news you want to know, we tell you that you really don't need to delete WhatsApp, and Gavin says to us. Oh gosh, and you've got to sift out the crap from the facts. Oh, and the Samsung bots sound quite interesting to me. Dude, the Samsung bots though, like I, I don't get it, because I am positive that in that live stream, they said that the JetBot 90 AI Plus cleans up dog poo. And the first thought that went in my mind was, what is the first thing you teach your dog to do? Yeah, what's up with that? No, but I think... Yeah, but I think, you know, you've got to try and imagine Korea and New York and all these people living in these massive apartment complexes and there ain't no outside, really. You know, like twice a day you can go down there. But, you know, if your dog is not kind of timing it right, you know, I think the idea is just so appalling. I'm going to say something now that's going to get me hated by a lot of our listeners. But (laughs) those people shouldn't own dogs. And that is a great way to start. I, do, I agree with you. Oh. 110 of the Overclock ZA podcast. It's the first episode for 2021. Welcome to the, I almost said a bad word show. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, everybody. It's Lynn great Stuka, to be back. And I am joined, as always, by Gavin Dudley. Um, we have a lot of projects going on that we'll talk to you about later. Firstly, Gavin, 13% total sales growth in the PC market in 2020. Yeah, I mean, this is a product category that everyone had kind of just stopped looking at because it just wasn't sexy anymore. But I mm. think, as, as you mentioned earlier, this is a, a sign of the times. It's people moving home, people needing more processing power from home. I think that's what's driving this. Mm. I mean, because you'd think that depressed economic conditions would slow down people's purchases. But, you know, here we have sales growth of 13%. They haven't seen that for years, I don't think. 92 million PCs sold in 2020. Um, And, I mean, I would like to make you guess who the top manufacturers are, Lindsay, except that I know that you can see the data there. So, (laughs) any surprises for you on that list? Do you want to talk through it? Um, I'm surprised that HP overtook Dell. Okay. Um, so it's Lenovo, HP, Dell, Apple, Acer. Those are the top five, one through five. Apple, unsurprisingly, massive, massive growth. Uh, no, no, no. I'm, I'm afraid not. That is a mistake. I've just corrected it there. Sorry, there was a typo. There was no, a typo in my data. I'm, I'm looking at the, at, the, at the thing that you... Oh, you're looking at the you chart? It. Yes, I was looking at the chart. And oh, Q, I see. Q4 2019 to Q4 2020, it's like almost 50% growth. Yeah, sure. Okay. Which is higher than everybody else, except Acer is nipping at the heels. Um, yeah. I cannot see the note anymore, Gavin. Don't, don't change oh, the data. Oh, sorry, sorry, me. man. Sorry, don't I'm missing Don't censor the data, Gavin. Don't sorry. censor the data. <laughs> sorry. So, okay, so Lenovo accounted for 25% of sales in the last year. HP second okay. with 21%. Dell, 17% in third place. Apple in fourth place with 8%. So you can Mm -hmm. see that Apple at 8% is like a third of Lenovo is in first place. And um, let's also recognize that if if it's doing, you know, 30% market share, say in the US and in Germany and in Korea and everywhere else, understand that in Africa, it's doing, you know, two and 3%. That's how yeah. they can end up with 8% market share in sales. 
because they're doing really well in all the developed countries, but in the less developed countries, there's just no Apple presence, really. The phones, maybe, but PCs, really not so much. I'm surprised that Asus is not in the list. I think Asus is one of the big uh, growing brands from last from the year before, from 2019. So I don't know mm. what's going on there. Asus have great products, as we know. The Vivo laptops are some of my favorites. I think I'm on an Asus right now, actually. Awesome. Mm. Mm. Okay. Mm. It, All right. Yeah. But yeah, like the, the big stories here is people are buying PCs because they are working from home. They've realized that their old machines can't cut it anymore. Um, and yeah, a lot of people are becoming self-employed. Uh, interesting little unfoldings here. I'm just looking at like year on year, quarter, uh, fourth quarter market share. HP slipped from 23.7% down to 20.9%. Mm. Dell stayed steady at 17.2%. Apple took a couple of percent from HP, it seems, but Lenovo definitely the big winner, 30% year on year growth. That's incredible mm. numbers. It's, it's just, but Gavin, you say that Apple is not big in South Africa. Mm. You know what is big in South Africa, Gavin? WhatsApp. And WhatsApp ah. is having a bit of a time right now. <laughs> yeah. So Are you just, leaving WhatsApp, Gavin? Okay, before you dig into the WhatsApp issues, everybody wants to know what's up with WhatsApp. Let's just add a little bit of context and that is that in places not the powerhouse it is in South Africa, because they've got such a much bigger penetration of iPhones, you end up with Apple messaging being a much bigger player in places like the US and Europe, for that matter, where Apple runs almost 50% of the market. Everyone there uses you know, Apple messaging to reach each other and so on. So WhatsApp's not nearly as big a deal as it is here. Um, so, I mean, WhatsApp picked up the momentum left over from Mixit back in the day. Yeah. Um, and it's just done spectacularly well because it was free, it was efficient, it was fast. And also, at the time, our call rates were so outrageously expensive that being able to text cheaply was just a big deal. And that's what really boosted WhatsApp to the player it is in South Africa today. And um, what's happened now, Lindsay? Uh, they changed their privacy policy and now have a hard opt-in. So it's like, if you do not accept the conditions, the terms and conditions of the new privacy policy, um, you cannot use the service from the 8th of February. So what is in the new policy? They pretty much just stating explicitly the data that is being shared with the rest of the Facebook group. Why are they sharing data with the Facebook group? No, look, they're not sharing your messages. Messages on WhatsApp are very well encrypted. End-to-end -end encryption is baked in from the start. It's one of the reasons why Facebook actually bought the company for that kind of intellectual property. Um, so no one can see your messages. Your messages are stored either on your device or in a cloud service provider of your choice, mostly Google Drive when you're on Android and iCloud when you're on, on Apple. And the message is only get stored there because that's where the backup goes. You're backing up your WhatsApp to yes. one of those cloud services. The messages don't go there by themselves. They go there because you're backing up your WhatsApp, and that's where the messages yeah. are going. But otherwise, the messages in transit between people are fully encrypted, so they're not being read, as you pointed out. Sorry, do yeah. you keep going? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, it's, 
end-to-end um, -end encrypted and over the wire. So like it's just turned into Greek and all sorts of stuff. You can't crack that stuff unless you have a quantum computer, which don't exist yet. Um, <laughs> yeah, and you're not interesting enough for anyone to bother, let me, yeah. let me assure you. <laughs> so what, what are they sharing? They are sharing your profile picture. They are sharing what you are posting as your status. Um, that can be used across um, like the Facebook platforms as well. And they're sharing your contact information and your if you have opted, if you allow, um, if you give permission for your location data, they are sharing your location data with Facebook and they are sharing your friends and connections and who you chat to a lot. So case in point, if you chat to someone on WhatsApp a lot um, who you are not friends with on Facebook, you maybe see that they'll get suggested as a person you may know um, on Facebook. So the biggest thing about this is on the business side, of Facebook. So Facebook for businesses, how you interact with businesses via the WhatsApp. I actually just had a dealing with LG for fridge repair over the WhatsApp, the official like LG WhatsApp, which was really good. Um, so all of that is now being collated into a unified mailbox for businesses. And that system is going live throughout the world across, well, where they can, because the EU has different like protection of personal information laws so because that is becoming a thing where whatsapp facebook messenger and instagram messages will all fall into one funnel for businesses when you're interacting with businesses they need your opt-in for that service and if you do not opt in you cannot use the whatsapp service or any facebook messaging service um yeah that, that okay. that's the bottom line I'd like to know, first of all, where you stand personally on this. I've thought about this. I've figured out where I stand personally. And then I would like to know, on a scale of zero to 10, how concerned should ordinary people in the street be? My, my answer is very unconcerned. That's my, yeah. my understanding of it. Mainly because this obsession with privacy has got completely out of control. There is no real privacy as you know it. You know, but also understand that this is not like your neighbor looking into your house through a window to spy on you. They're not interested in, you know, that level of activity. They're interested in you just as a demographic. How old are you? Where do you live? You're just a, a statistic to them, really, that they can use to sell advertising and that kind of thing. You're a statistic to them. So it's not like they're personally interested in anything about you. They're not, you know. They're only interested mm. in you insofar as, you part, you're part of a data set that they can sell to marketers and so on. So they might be interested in the fact that you like rock music because yeah. they might be able to sell that to advertising. But they're not really interested in exactly what bands you listen to per se, you know, and so on. So, okay. Um, so how concerned should people be? My, my score out of 10 is about a two to three. Yours? Um, a one to two. Uh, you really two. shouldn't. You really shouldn't be worried about this. It's in their best interest to maintain some semblance of privacy. Um, yeah. They are marketing. So what you need to understand is when you, okay, you said iMessage earlier. You were speaking about that. When you buy an iPhone, an iPhone is priced comparatively higher than a competing Android device because Apple runs massive server farms. And with that iCloud, you can access secure messaging cross devices um, to other iCloud users as well. They swallow that cost. When you opt in 
to the paid versions of Microsoft 365, for instance, you are buying additional cloud storage space because the data that you generate needs to be stored and administered somewhere. Yeah. All right. So nothing is free. <laughs> right. The only so... way a free chat app can pay the bills, pay the people, the developers who need to roll out new interesting features to have people get engaged with that platform, to pay the lawyers to make sure that they're compliant throughout the world with the varying yeah. laws. All those people need to get paid. The graphic designers who make yeah, the marketing I mean, material. Remember, remember as well that there are actually no adverts as such on WhatsApp. The entire experience yeah. is ad-free. How the hell do you think it's being paid for, you crazy yeah. idiot person? You know, <laughs> I mean, did you really think they're just running a free service for you to use, like fresh air or something, you know? I mean, there's got to be a payoff somewhere. Come on, you know? Um, exactly. So right. how they cover their costs is they sold out to Facebook for 19 billion, I think it was. Yeah, it was massive uh, at the time. Yeah. So what was Facebook dollars, buying? Folks, 19 billion yeah. dollars. And that was like Face seven, eight years ago. Yeah. Facebook was buying. Um, they were buying WhatsApp proprietary technology so that they don't have to pay licensing fees for it and that they can then take that technology and build it into the other platforms. That's why your Instagram messages now, you can do voice notes. And yeah. when you hold it up to your ear, um, it will route to the earpiece speaker like you're taking yeah. a phone call. That is something that WhatsApp developed on that side because it has access to your phone's sensors, your proximity sensor, those sorts of things. So, like, they, they really don't care about the nudes you are sending. Yeah, <laughs> As long exactly. as you're sending those nudes on WhatsApp. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, at least it's fully encrypted, guys. There's some comfort. Yeah. Okay. And they, yeah. they don't really know what's going on inside your messaging. They don't know the yeah. content of your messaging. And they're not interested in the content of your messaging. Yeah. It's boring and blah, blah, blah to them. They don't, even though know, you could be plotting to blow up, I don't know, your government or something, but they still the wouldn't thing, be interested. The other thing that was hilarious were the people who were like, and, and I heard this at least five times from five different people, uh, where they were like, Oh, they have access to your banking details and your financial. <laughs> WhatsApp Pay doesn't exist in South Africa. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. And it hasn't been a big deal it, anywhere in the world. Details, yeah. <laughs> you know. Oh, anyway, man. but that's enough. Oh, I, I, I'm not deleting WhatsApp. Uh, I, my, my Telegram um, contact count has trebled in the yeah, last. Yeah. Okay. Four so give us, weeks. give us two lines on Telegram. I mean. Would would there maybe be some momentum behind the idea of moving? Um, I mean, because yeah. the fact is, you can stay on WhatsApp as long as you like, but if everybody you know moves to Telegram, then what yeah. you're going to do, you're going to end up having to move, you know? So mm. I like Telegram. Um, I was once collaborating on a media project, um, and I was dealing with a lot of photographers, and I had to package it for various outlets. And sending massive files without compression, image files without compression, ah. Telegram is incredible um telegrams groups can also go up to like two thousand or yeah group size yeah. Like, yeah, the problem is of course that telegram is untested in the mass market the way whatsapp is if yeah. telegram tries to scale to the size of whatsapp it's going to run into all its own set of problems including yeah. how to compress the pictures and how to limit the size of groups and it's going to run into all those problems that it doesn't have today so we'll see I 
I think they have the flexibility on, on the server side. I think they have the tech for that. Um, and But they are moving towards commercializing. So you're going to see a lot of brand um, offerings happening on Telegram. Yeah. Um, and if there you're is a engaging case, with brands. Yeah, they and they're like a, they're a one-trick pony. That's the only product they have. See, WhatsApp is just part of Facebook's entire suite of programs yeah. where they all cross-subsidize each other. You know, Telegram can't survive without making money at some point yeah. by itself. You know, so... That might turn so for, into adverts. Or for might me, turn the into biggest dark horse currently is Signal because I don't know who yeah, owns it. Sure. I don't know who the investors are. Um, yeah. They haven't been around for that long. They're still very small. They're still very, very, very encrypted and private and very proud of that now, obviously, because yeah. it works for them as a marketing tool. Um, but I don't know where their money is coming from and I don't know when they are going to run out of it. <laughs> so, yeah, like, within also, a year's time, I think. Telegram um, signal is going to show its true colors. Right. I mean, consider the case of Zoom. Nobody knew or cared about Zoom until about a year ago when suddenly this was the de facto business platform out of nowhere. You know, I mean, they came up against established players like yeah. um, Skype and others and still somehow managed to win. You know, so who's to say that Telegram or Signal could not be the next Zoom? We don't know. Yeah, but moving on from there, talking about other big players who are going up against the big dogs, Exynos is back at, at I almost called you Adam, <laughs> Gavin. <laughs> um, by Exynos, I mean Samsung's home-baked processors. Well, home-baked, I'm making massive air quotes here. Because <laughs> uh -huh. yeah. they're obviously running um, uh, the ARM cores in there. They are now, Samsung now fabricates or makes Qualcomm Snapdragon chips. So it's right. no surprise that the Exynos 2100, which we will probably see in Thursday's launch of the Samsung S20, Galaxy S21, has the same core setup as the Qualcomm Snapdragon 888 or 888, or I don't know what we're calling it. And they just clock them higher, which is the tragic Samsung flaw. Because they're mm. chasing them benchmarks, Gavin, and it's at the expense of battery life. Well, I mean, you know how it is, these Korean companies and the Chinese companies. You can just see how this went down, okay? Some, like, executive, all-powerful executive in Samsung Towers calls in the engineering team. They all come in, they do their little bow, and then he tells <laughs> them, you know... Why is Apple kicking the shit out of us? What, what are we paying you people for? You're bringing shame upon our company and upon your families. And if you don't make chips that can match up to these Apple chips, you're all going to have to kill yourselves or I'm going to kill you. And then I'm going to kill your families. You know, <laughs> OK, obviously, that's a horrible racial slur. But you get what I'm saying is that there's now so much pressure on these guys to match up to Apple, who is like so far ahead of them. But I think they're all looking at each other and going, what are we spending all our R&D money on mm. that we can't even catch these guys, you know? So we can understand the pressure. And frankly, the Exynos 2100, the very latest, I think is still going to fall fully 30% behind Apple is my feeling. Even yeah. this new core of the, this new chip of theirs. Mm. But, but <clears throat> I think for me, the, the competition is always because the US gets a Qualcomm-powered Galaxy device. And EU, EMEA, Middle East, Africa, we all get the Exynos-powered one. And Exynos is always worse on battery and always worse on graphics because they don't use the Adreno graphics from Qualcomm. They use the Mali graphics Mali. from ARM 
and those are always crap. But no, you you just very prejudiced against <laughs> Mali with your Adreno. You're just very prejudiced. I mean, I'll grant you that the track definitely. record is that Adreno is, is is usually beaten out Mali, but it's not necessarily always the case. Just a, a given, you know. What are they okay. they're pushing now? Twelve graphics cores, right? Uh, don't know. Can't remember. Um, yes, I think no, they, they were talking about twelve. They were talking about twelve processors, and I was like, really? You want to say yeah. processors? Don't you mean? No, it's, no it's, it's still octa-core here. The, the main process is still octa-core, but it's all these different combination of different yeah, ARM the, cores. The GPU. Yeah, um, the GPUs. I don't know about the GPUs. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, I think it's a twelve. Uh, this the the Mali G seventy eight, which is going to be not that good. Um, <laughs> um but but can, can we can we just uh, pause for a second and recognize that while we learned the hard way what it's like to be dependent on U.S. suppliers, and mm. if you do that, they tend to kind of just apply the screws. Okay, Donald Trump was a complete doers. Uh, I don't know. I can think of other words to use, which I shouldn't use on this family-oriented podcast. Um, and but you know, so he created a huge problem for global supply chain just through yeah. his whimsical, ego-driven kind of decision making. But it exposed weaknesses in the industry, how one crazy dictator character could actually tear apart entire chunks of the tech industry just through whimsical decision making. And because the U.S. has been allowed to consolidate so much power in the tech space, you know, mm. um, and I can imagine Samsung going to itself. We're not going to let that stuff happen to us. We've got to build this Exynos thing up and our Exynos thing has got to get better than the Qualcomm thing. And it's got to, you know, not only chase Apple, but it's actually got to pass Qualcomm. That's exactly what yeah. I'd be aiming for if I was them. Yeah. Yeah, but they, I mean, they're making a hell of a lot of money building the chips for Qualcomm right now. Um, and yeah. that, that um, semiconductor business is feeding into other technologies that we'll speak about in a second. I just want to right. go through a couple of numbers um, about Exynos 2100. Importantly, 2021 is the year of the integrated 5G radio into the SOC. So it's now not running as a separate unit anymore that requires a whole separate power circuit. It is now directly on the die. Included in that is the AP and the 5G radio um, in one compact package on that system on a chip. And we yeah. should see massive, massive um, performance enhancements and power okay. savings um, from the 5G radios. So 2021 is the year you want to buy a 5G phone if you were waiting to pull that trigger. Uh, they are talking the, the about... early 5G chips were extremely power inefficient. Yeah. So they've gotten power efficient quite quickly, but the earliest chips were very power inefficient. So that's an important breakthrough there for them. Yeah. Okay. Mm. So then they have a new uh, three times neural engine. So a NPU, a neural processing unit, um, 26 trillion operations per second, which is just mind blowing. Importantly for that, they are now putting the NPU in the pipeline of, in the image signal processing pipeline. So you have the image signal processor, then NPU, um, semantic rendering. So it's context aware is what Samsung is calling it. Apple calls it semantic rendering. And then it passes through the ISP again to give you like on the fly kind of adjustments for like real-time adjustments for exposure across whatever is in your composition. That's okay, incredible. Sorry, you, if you've been listening to Lindsay, you missed the link he made, like a very quick step from talking <laughs> about general processing power to talking about image processing, which is, I think, yeah. 
it's possible the listeners missed that bit. So image processing is now a very important component of how we describe the processing power of the phone. Okay. Yeah. Do keep yeah. going. Um, and then, yeah, we're getting weirdly <laughs> on the video recording side, we're getting 4K 120 frames per second mm -hmm. recording support. Mm -hmm. Display support for 8K 80, yeah. at 60 frames per second plus right. HDR 10 plus. Um, and I think they're supporting the AV1 um, video encoding for 8K as well. I mean, which that's, is, that's no slouch. That's pretty good. I, would, I know you, you could wish good. for more, but that's pretty serious right there. <laughs> I know you want what, more. <laughs> what content are you watching? What AK content are you watching? So exactly. here's an interesting thing. Um, Hadley Simons um, from Android Authority, homegrown Hadley, we like to call him because he's been part <laughs> of the African tech community for a long time. Um, yeah. Much love for you, Hadley. He actually noted that MediaTek and Samsung on the Exynos chips are now supporting the AV1 video encoding, video codec, but Qualcomm is not supporting it on the Snapdragon 888. And this is weird because Exynos 2100 shares everything with like its whole design with the ah. Snapdragon 888. So, yeah, I don't know Strange. if that's just a switch that Qualcomm's going to flip. You know, right now there are too many video standards, man. And it's made invisible because most of them play most of the video codecs most of the time. But, I mean, I would just be happier if we could simplify this whole thing down. Okay, but we, we're already pretty much in the weeds there. We've alienated at least half our readers by discussing the speeds and feeds of the Exynos 2100. All you need to know is that Samsung is pushing hard on making its chips much more competitive with Apple. It still lags quite far behind. Um, but it's looking impressive, this new 5G chip with much better image processing. And it's likely to come to South Africa because most of the Samsung models, we get high-end models, have got the Exynos chips in them. Okay. Yeah, S21, Galaxy S21 is launching on Thursday. I have booked my seat for the live stream, Gavin. I don't know if you have booked yours. Um, mm. But just one tiny side note. So at the end of the chipset announcement, which happened today, um, the one I think the semiconductor CEO or business head was on stage, on the virtual stage, and he was like, we've been working hard with X manufacturer of graphics, and in the near future, we will be producing amazing graphics processes. That's not happening now. So maybe if you were going to think about getting the S21, but you want to play like top-end games and you want all the best gaming performance, maybe wait until next year, or at least until the note launch later this year. Okay, I um, I just want to add a little bit of context to the, the Galaxy S21 launch. Now, obviously, the S21 will be one of its Uber flagships, so huge amounts of energy will go into launching it and preparing it and making it and promoting it and so on. Um, I had an interesting experience at the end of last year when I reviewed the S20 FE, the fan edition of the S20, mm. where I realized just how good the original S20 was that almost mm. eight or nine months after its launch, very few phones could offer the complete feature set that the S20 offered. And in fact, the S20 fan edition 
was a very expensive phone because it had actually cut back on the features of the original S20. It made me appreciate the original S20 so much more. The original S20 had come out in February of last year, and the fan edition, I think, came out in October, September, October, yeah. something like that. But it made me recognize how far ahead Samsung was in February of last year. So I'm very interested to see what the, 20, the, the S21 throws up because... Um, it's a tough act to follow that S20 was extremely good. The um, one, More than one of the big internet tech vloggers voted the S20 fan edition as its phone of the year, which, you know, these guys have access to every single phone across the board. So to pick the S21 FE as the phone of the year is quite an interesting choice, I think. Mm. Um, I think I'm Mr. Who's the, who's the whatever did it, yeah. Mr. Who's the boss? Yeah, I think he chose the S20 FE, yeah. I think Samsung missed one trick with the fan edition. Um, mm. and, and bear with me, Gavin. Uh, they didn't put an actual cooling fan inside. <laughs> okay. But that's because they downclocked quite a few things. You know, they downclocked the screen refresh and a few oh, other things. Oh, come on, Gavin. What? It's the fan edition. Oh, oh fan no. Edition. I was about to say... <laughs> no phones have got fans inside. <laughs> okay, oh man, okay. I just threw myself into that trap there. Okay, look, it's, it's late in the evening. It's been a long day and so much CES information has already frotted of my brain. Okay, Other CES press on, information, um, if you're upgrading to S21 and you have an old Galaxy, probably an S9 or something that you're upgrading from, that phone might become a lot more useful to you because Samsung announced that they are doing an upcycling campaign where they will be rolling out a software update to older Galaxy devices, and you can then use it as a baby monitor or as a long-distance smart home remote is verbatim yeah. what they said. I, I like this idea. I like repurposing old tech. Um, they, they, uh, they regenerate um, their trading program in South Africa. is actually really good as well. I sold my S8, which had numerous issues with it, battery okay. problems and cracked screens and stuff right. um, and I got, I got I got some bucks out of that and I know it's now going to be repurposed as, as something else maybe how, an how test machine how do you engage that program how do you get uh, into it you go on to samsung.co.za the, the samsung website or you go uh -huh. to samsung.com it will take you to the south african one probably yeah. and there will be a banner somewhere where you can trade in or trade just in. search trade in Samsung. It's administered okay. by a company called Regenerate. Okay. Um, so you can yeah. trade in your old Samsung. They will refurbish it and on-sell it or something, but they will give you cash yeah. in hand for it. Okay, yes. that's interesting. So this business about the, the upcycling of the, of the Samsung phones, I think really caught my attention. Now, I, I missed the presentation where they went through all this in detail, but just reading about it was really interesting. They've got you know little ways you can... Uh, convert your phone into a useful digital tool to do some some other job that you know you never thought about before i think this is a brilliant way to repurpose old devices so between them creating tools for you to reuse your phone and the ability for you to offload your phone for bucks i think this is a really great really great play from samsung okay mm. um, other great plays from big blue as we like to call them um, just last a little bit. Micro LED is a thing, Evan. It's 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 amazing. It's it's individual colored lights on the pixel level that are arranged in 10-inch diagonal panels 
and you can fit them together into whatever size or configuration you want and they will work seamlessly, which for me is important because, and I was having a conversation with another tech journalist um, earlier today, where I was like, if they can mesh together those panels so seamlessly and they pushing this um, the bespoke refrigerators where you can buy like a freezer and a fridge and stack them together right, and make right, a double right. door fridge as well with like right, two right. of each or like three of one. Um, right. They've stumbled into a amazing connecting system that yes, they are not yes, publicizing yes. enough. And I think it's going to be a real game changer. It's like a free form thing. Yeah, I think the other step they're trying to make is that if you want a custom sized display made out of these micro LEDs and you want it to be two meters high by three meters wide because that's the size you want in the foyer mm. of your office, then they've now trying to package it in such a way that you don't need technicians to come and build and install it for you. They're trying to make it more yeah. user friendly so you can install it yourself. And that might give it some traction in the mainstream. Although it's still going to be huge bucks, man. And I just, yeah. it's not a consumer product, really. It's a business product, I suspect. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, so they've um, actually retooled one of their um, production lines in South Korea to produce um, these micro-LEDs. And micro-LED is going to be the dominant technology going forward, I feel. Um, okay, this is a kind of an interesting dynamic now. Unfortunately, I don't have the resources in me to discuss mini-LED versus micro-LED with you. Yeah. But mini-LED is not to be confused with micro-LED. They're not a different version of the same technology. They are two yes. completely different things. Meanwhile, mini-LED is also making a big appearance now on TVs and on monitors in laptops, and mm. we'll see where that goes. So mini-LED really are just much smaller LEDs. We can get grouped together so that to display the picture on your screen, they actually have more control over how much light comes out of which bits of the screen. Yeah. So the dark bits remain dark and the light bits remain light. Instead of having the same light coming through all the time, you can have dark bits and light bits. So your screen looks much richer and more yeah. detailed. Um, but that technology has now come down to laptops as well. I've reviewed my first mini LED laptop and I'll see how that goes. It's being touted as a solution for people who work with a lot of graphics and need Perfectly yeah. even coloring and, you know, detailed, realistic colors. But Samsung's pushing both these technologies for two different directions. Micro LED is their, their cobble together TV things and mini LED is new screen technology. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, micro okay. LED is just super expensive and the processing, uh, they, they're taking, they're literally just taking lessons from the semiconductors. So where they're making those processes on the five nanometer scale, they're now producing light filaments for these in, I think, like, microscopic LED, colored LEDs. So, like, those get arranged on a pixel level. That is so, it's so incredible when you think about what's actually being achieved. Sometimes, even as a technologist, I get amazed by that they can work at, at that level of scale. You know, uh, microscopic LEDs, good so Lord. So, their crosstown rivals, LG, also mm. came out swinging at CES because CES is all about the home. And LG has always had a lead on Samsung when it comes to home appliances and home technologies. And they have now created, it's not in a TV set yet, but I'm super excited about this, 43-inch OLED display. For me, as you know, I like smaller TVs. I think that if you have an above 50-inch TV in your house right now, your TV is too big. <laughs> oh, hang on, hang on. Are you saying 43-inch? is cool because it's small 
What are you What are you trying to say? Yes. Okay, that's, that's in that that sweet spot where it's it. It's, it's in the mass market now. So they are bringing OLED to the mass market. They're bringing it to a useful size that most people can A, afford, and B, actually suits their needs. I'm actually completely with you on this. I mean, I'm busy reviewing a big-ass TV in my lounge at the moment. And even though my lounge is not small, the TV is too physically big for the lounge. It's mm -hmm. just awkwardly positioned. And, you know, it gets in the way of everything. And actually, I mean, I, I'll be perfectly happy to go back to my smaller set when this big set moves off because actually just having the biggest baddest tv sets not everything you think it is it's possible to have a tv set that's too big and impractical for your lifestyle lindsay's been banging this drum for some time but um okay so your point is that the the the, the cutting edge of tv tech which well arguably is oled is now come down to a smaller size which will therefore make it more affordable yes. uh, which would be interesting to see meanwhile i mean lg is also pulled out this other rabbit out of its hat it pulled out one last year and this year it's the transparent tv okay <laughs> so <laughs> it's a 55 inch rollable oled film so the oled film rolls rolls down into a box at the bottom and then it rolls up to form a 55 inch tv that is transparent so you can look through the tv now why on earth would you want to look through your tv you might say well, I think they're seeing that there's signage opportunities and there are lots of occasions. They presented a few ideas. The, the panel is only 40% transparent, but it's transparent enough for you to see what's going on on the other side. It's very minority report, very science fiction to have Iron this Man panel that two. floats in midair and is transparent and rolls down into the box when it's finished. Absurd. Iron Man 2. Uh -huh. Only stock at a transparent phone. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, this kind of thing, you know, this kind of thing. Yeah, weird, man. Oh. Also, the Iron Man that had an Elon Musk appearance. Um. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've actually been re-watching the Marvel movies, but we mustn't get on to that. One last bit, um, LG also now has a rollable phone. It's called the LG Roller. This is the phone. Um, and it's coming, and it's coming to the world. Yeah, it's like a real thing. Of course, they didn't do it first. We saw Oppo do this at their launch. Yes. Uh, a couple of months ago. What happens is the phone looks like a phone and then the phone rolls itself open. The two halves of the phone pull themselves outwards and the screen expands in the middle. The screen rolls out from, rolls in from the sides. It's yeah. exactly like a scroll. If you imagine a scroll and you're unsc unscrolling your scroll to read it, that's how the phone works. It unrolls to make a bigger screen. So it, I... goes, it goes from a normal size phone to a, yeah. a slightly wider phone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it, it's it's just like those those uh, flip open phones from Samsung and Huawei, except it rolls. Okay, and this is because LG is double down on OLED screens. And no, actually, um, the rumor is that uh, a Chinese company called BOE is creating those rollable OLEDs, and LG is actually okay. in bed there. Because ah, yeah, interesting. On the OLED level, LG has kind of offshored all of its production to China. Um, okay. And yeah, it's just scaling up to meet the demands of its customers like Sony. Sony also put out a couple, they put out an 8K panel, um, a new OLED and a mini LED model and the cognitive processor XR. I fell asleep. <laughs> okay. Yes. Here's, here's the thing that intrigued me about this product. Okay. 
It's got all this artificial intelligence. It can, it's really, really clever in that today, artificial intelligence applied to TV is really about the TV understanding, okay, these things are red, those things are blue, this is bright, that is light, uh, this is dark. That's the best the artificial intelligence can do to assist in the image processing. Sony genuinely believes that the artificial intelligence it's creating for its TVs are going to help the TV recognize actual objects. So it will go, this is ocean, therefore I must apply a blue-green palette to the ocean. This is sky, therefore, you know, this oh is a cup gosh. of coffee, therefore this is steam. It really thinks that its AI is going to recognize objects in the screen. That's just absurd. Okay. But yes, it goes further. Okay. The talk about crazy claims. It claims that it will be able to identify where the sound is coming from in the picture itself. So yeah. if there's a soccer ball rolling across the screen and a foot kicks the soccer ball, at the point where the foot kicks the soccer ball, the TV must know that that's where the, the ball was kicked. And so the sound must sound as though it comes from the bottom left corner or wherever the ball was. So you have directional sound based on the actions in the movie. That's just crazy, man. I just cannot see that possibly working as a real idea. Anyway, okay. they're going for like <laughs> hyper-realism. It could just be exhausting watching a movie on a TV set where, you know, it's kind of accentuating the steam because it knows it's steam. And then it's sending you like screeching tires from one side of the picture and, you know, bangs from the other side of the picture. It could be exhausting watching a Sony TV. <laughs> I, can, I, I, can, I can absolutely imagine. Um, yeah, I'm... <laughs> I'm at a loss for words. I'm, 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 I'm a little bit sad that I that I that I didn't make it through that full presentation. I was just <laughs> See fatigued all this weirdness. Of, <laughs> yeah. I was fatigued of all of the 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 CESness of it all. Because obviously, when you're watching it from so far away, when you're not in frosty Vegas sipping your pumpkin spice latte, Brendan <laughs> Peterson, I know you did it. <laughs> Um, you you feel compelled to kind of cover everything at the same time, and it's a lot more exhausting. But let me just tell you something about TVs that are watching themselves and TVs that are now watching us. Because Samsung are putting cameras in their TVs, and I really enjoy the direction they're taking with their AI, where they are going to interpret sign language so that it's more accessible for a lot of people. Um, and like at the end of last year, there was this weird press release that came out where it was like Samsung TVs are receive the like some certification from the Royal Institute of Blind People. Oh, that's and I right. Was like, that's right. What? What? <laughs> are blind TVs for blind people. <laughs> yeah, I mean. So for, fast forward like three months. Uh huh. And suddenly they are on stage and they're like, oh, they have this special like color situations for green, blue, uh, green, red, color oh, blindness. Color blindness, yeah, yeah. All like these features are, like navigating the display. And I'm like, wow, these guys are really stepping up. So, Samsung, I must applaud you on the green energy side. Yes, I am yeah. there with you for the upcycling of stuff. Yeah. I am there with you for your accessibility stuff, but I am not there with you on turning that camera on active human beings saying that you can improve their squat form. No, <laughs> <laughs> Okay, you say that now, a year from now, we'll be like, oh yeah, we gave up. Eventually we couldn't find a TV that didn't have a camera on it, so we just took one. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about things with cameras, 
maybe not the the best segue I've ever had, but uh-huh. Lenovo was also at CES. They like Lenovo smart glasses. There we are. And the world's or the thinnest X1 ever. The X1 yes. yoga. Yeah, no, yoga. Talk Lenovo to me. No, no, no. I'm not going to talk Lenovo to you because actually what distracted me were these mini PCs they're making, which are kind of really tiny little compact boxes. They're almost like, uh, how shall I describe them? It's about the size of two or three cell phones stacked together. The whole PC okay. is in that box and it weighs like 500 gigs. Uh, 500, 500 gigs, 500 gigs. grams. <laughs> it's late in the day, man. Jeez. Um, and these mini PCs... Uh, come with all sorts of accessories that you can add on to them, like gaming controllers and stuff like this. So I was very interested in that. But it's actually, that's not a Lenovo product per se. That's a joint venture with NEC, another computer maker. Um, the Lenovo X1 Yoga, the X1 is their flagship laptop that's all singing, all dancing. The Yoga just means that it's got the, the flip around touchscreen. That's all that means. But they say it's the thinnest X1 ever made, which is quite something. I haven't had a close look at it. You know, this is the thing with with these virtual things is all you've got is their pictures to vouch for it. And their fancy, you know, swirling presentation where the product spins in 360 degrees. But it's not the same as holding it in hand, you know. Mm. Um, Yeah, I don't have much to add to that, I'm afraid. Gavin, we are going super long. But, I mean, it's our first episode of the year. There's there's not going to be how-tos here. I think we covered the how-to with, like, how to not be crazy and just <laughs> not delete WhatsApp. Yeah, Unless, yeah, yeah. like all of your, if all of your friends and all of your family have moved on to something else, um, you probably want to move with them. Just a side note on that, um, Google Messages for Android users does have something called chat features now. So you go into the settings and you look for chat features and you turn those on. And then you can instant message over data connections to other ah. Google Messages users. So, A, you want to download Google Messages and set it as your default SMS app. Um, it has a lot of other clever stuff built in. And then enable the chat features. And I think, yes, for S- you'll see in the, in the dialog box where you type your message in, if you're chatting to someone who has chat features turned on, it will say chat. If they don't, it will say SMS. Um, and yeah, it's the closest Android users have to um, iMessage. And yeah, it works pretty much the same as WhatsApp. All the messages get stored on your device. Um, you can't do it like you can't have like three different phones and have the message ping on all three phones. Um, yeah, it's very clever that way. Um, outside of that, you can, if you want to not listen to me, but read my sage advice every single week. You can go to circuit board, C-I-R-C-U-I-T-B-O-R-E-D dot substack, S-U-B-S-T-A-C-K dot com and subscribe to my weekly newsletter, which hits your inbox every Thursday with something that you will, you'll find something that can teach you something about how technology works and how it affects you. I have been the lucky recipient of the inaugural newsletter, which went off last week. And I can assure you, I learned plenty from it. And it's paced exactly right. It's exactly the right length that it's not as chew up and spit out as a tweet or something like that. And it's not like reading an essay. It's full somewhere in between those things. It's a nice 
bite-sized and it runs at a nice pace. I strongly recommend you sign up for Lindsay's newsletter because you'll definitely learn something if you're in the tech space and it's not a big commitment. It you know, just delivers information in a quick and efficient way. Um, 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 I hope you're going to write a story about RCS for Tech Magazine like we discussed because we need definitely. to explain it need to explain it to our readers and actually it warrants a de more detailed explanation than what you gave us now i think you just breeze through it there but i think it warrants a bit more explanation because you know how the how the how the web page works all those things i think this has uh, been an overlooked service that i think has got mm. value for people that just google doesn't market its stuff very well is all yeah yeah um okay i don't have much more to add there's still a whole lot more CES we have to get through. It's quite possible we'll end up doing this again in two days' time just because yeah. there'll be far too much information to digest. But um, big things I've got coming up. We've got Dell presentations on Wednesday. We've got Asus presentations on Wednesday. And we've got Samsung also on Wednesday. On Thursday. Thursday, Thursday, right. Yeah. Right. Uh, so I think we'll record after the Samsung thing. Just yeah, yeah, good as idea. As it lands in our brains, we can just give our top-line right. thoughts, thoughts on it. Uh, right. Obviously, I am still doing coverage on, like, <laughs> so it's an interesting moment where thatopinionguy.co.za is still the website where you can read a lot of interesting stuff. Right now, I have a big deep dive into what is actually going on with the WhatsApp thing. It's, yeah. it's doing really good. People are, I'm getting good feedback on that. Um, but like all my like hardcore detailed research journalist type work is now going into the newsletter. Um, so that opinion, guys, where you'll get like the quick fire kind of off the top of my head kind of things. And then more in-depth information will come in the newsletter. And I am still sharpshooters on social media. S-H-A-R-P-S-E-H-U-T-T-E-R-S. Come fight with me on the internet. I love it. Actually, one of my New Year's resolutions is to not get involved in other people's business when not asked. <laughs> so maybe I won't be that combative this year. <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah, listeners, we've kind of gone long. We've meandered all over the place. We're busy finding our rhythm again. Uh, we'll probably do a bit more CES coverage. And then from the following week, we'll probably be back in our groove. So do stick with us. If you want to know about any specific tech subject, any topic, any product that's bothering you that you want to know about, maybe your brother, sister's cousin has a problem with their TV or their phone or something like that, please email us to overclockedza at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. We'll give you a shout out on the show. All right. You can uh, catch up with me at Tech Magazine, Kozar, or Tech Magazine on Facebook, uh, where we post our most interesting stuff and where I'm posting my most interesting stuff. And Tech okay. Radar, Kevin. Sorry, and Tech Radar. Yeah, Tech Radar is taking a bit of a backseat for me at the moment. But uh, Tech Radar uh, in South Africa, if you go to techradar.com, you'll end up in the right place in South Africa. We cover the best of lists, best phones, best camera phones, best light laptops. All this kind of thing is there. Okay, catch us there. All righty. That's, that's my story. Cheers, Cheers man. Bye.